We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Thursday edition. I almost said Tuesday. It's the Thursday edition. Nearing the end of the week here on the Daily Fantasy Faceoff. As usual, we'll be breaking down every game tonight on the slate as in-depth as we possibly can. I'm your host, Pepsi7. And along with me, as he always is, every Tuesday and Thursday, Mr. Boggs Light. What's going on, my friend? Just kicking ass and taking names, Pepsi. <laughs> you know. I love it. I love it. The GPP king himself, Box, had another big week. Nice to see that, Box. Congratulations on that. And uh, we're looking for another big night tonight. Nine games in the slate. A little tricky one tonight. Not a whole lot stands out as, as must plays because a lot of the better teams or the favorites are on the road here. And uh, it's also difficult to uh, get a piece of all these teams we do want to get a piece of because we have a lot of expensive teams in action here. So looking for some value. We'll talk to you about that as we go through each game, of course. And at the end of the show, we'll give you our NHL gimmicks. This is where I'll give you my big money. No whammy play of the night. And I've been on fire with that recently, Bob. So hopefully we can keep it going tonight. You'll also get my bold fade of the night. And, of course, we're on the show with our fearsome threesome. This is where Boggs and I both give you three guys we think will have a big game tonight in each price tiering. Boggs, nine games late. We'll answer some questions as we go here. But we should really dive into it here. And uh, we're going to kick it off with the first game of the night featuring the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And this is a tough one you got two offenses that can score, but two teams that are supposed to be good in net and play good defense. But I kind of get the feeling this could be a sneaky offensive game here. Yeah, see, I, I kind of disagree with that. I, I'm seeing it the other way. Um, this is Tampa Bay at Columbus, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I see this being more of a, you know, tighter style game. You know, obviously in Columbus, they'll be able to dictate the matchups. And this is a team that's capable of shutting down you know, a team like Tampa Bay that gets the majority of their production from, you know, one line. I think the only way that this game could get out of hand is if there's a lot of penalties called. 
Um, you know, both teams have, you know, mediocre penalty kills. But uh, for the most part, I see this being like a, you know, a maybe two, three game at the most that could go either way. Um, but I do like Bobrovsky uh, in net for, for Columbus uh, quite a bit, actually. Obviously, he's on fire to start the year. Uh, you know, he's one of the, coming off a great season. And like I said, I think Columbus has what it takes to shut down Tampa Bay. So they're essentially a one-line team these days. Um, nothing outside of Stamkos, Kucherov really scary. A strange question in chat that I kind of want to address. I know Boggs, you and I have both withdrawn quite a bit of money before off here. And I know Drew U22 is asking how to withdraw 30K. Now, I'm going to assume he's doing it from one of the sites and uh, simply got to contact the DK or FanDuel and, and talk to them about doing that. They can do a wire transfer. There's multiple options to get it. Uh, you can't withdraw that type of money, unfortunately, into your account directly by yourself. So, Drew, that's the way to go about it there. But, uh, yeah, Sergey Bombrowski here. I mean, he is the top or one of the top cash, sorry, GPP goaltenders each and every night. You know, every time he steps in the ice, he's capable of having 30, 35, even a 40 save night. And uh, he should see a lot of action tonight with this Tampa Bay Lightning team in town. He was the goaltender I wrote up in GPPs because I like the fact that uh, he's going to see a lot of rubber. And he probably wins tonight, too. I, li I like the Blue Jackets to sneak out a win here tonight. And like I said, I can see this being a 4-3 game. I could see it being a 2-1 game. I think there is sneaky potential offensively here, but it's likely going to pay play out the way you mentioned in being a low-scoring, tight-checking game. Uh, that being said, I probably will have exposure to Columbus' top line and the Lightning top line as well. The Lightning top line, we keep talking about Boggs every night. It was successful again for us on Tuesday, where it doesn't really matter the matchup. It's just they're so explosive. And Kucherov and Stamkos, two of the most elite players in the game, um, it's just a hard line to fade tonight. If you're going to go offensively in this game, are you leaning towards that Tampa Bay top line just in case? Or do you feel like Columbus shuts them down and maybe it's the Blue Jackets top line that has the multi-point night? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I agree with you. It's both teams' top lines. Uh, I don't really like to mess around with Columbus and you know, the secondary lines. My top line's all on the top power play. They shouldn't see much of the ice against Stamkos with that home ice last change advantage. Um, and, you know, if, I'm on, if I play Tampa Bay, I just don't really have a lot of interest in anyone other than Stamkos, Kucherov, and Nemestikov. I am with you there. The goaltenders in this one mentioned Bobrovsky. We really like him today in GPP. He's not a goal you want to use in Cascade. Tampa Bay is explosive. That's more of a coin flip game, but certainly one of your top GPP options if you're looking for save potential. On the flip side, it looks like Andre Vasilevsky is going to get the start tonight in net. I don't really have interest there. I don't really see a whole lot of upside in this one, Boggs. Talk to you about Vasilevsky a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, again, we kind of have our concerns with him, you know, in terms of stepping into that, you know, starting role. Um, it is what it is, you know. It's Tampa Bay's still a solid defensive team, even on the road. Uh, I just don't really see, uh, like, a clear path to Vasilevsky burning you if you, if you don't fade him. Um, he'll need a shutout, which I don't think is going to happen tonight in Columbus. So, really, it's, you know, one side for me, it's Bobrovsky. That's the real interest I have, especially on DraftKings, where his price is nice and uh, attractive over there. I am in agreement there with you as we move on to game number two of our nine-game slate featuring the Vancouver Canucks, Boston Bruins. The Canucks, of course, one of the weaker teams in hockey as they enter a rebuilding phase. And the Bruins looking to get a little stronger tonight. Tuka Rask is going to be out due to injury, but Anton Kodobin steps in. One of the more capable backups and certainly playable tonight in all formats. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Patrice Bergeron and David Backus look like they're going to be back in the lineup. Of course, I just read moments ago that Bergeron is not a game-time decision. 
which makes it a little bit frustrating trying to figure out what we're going to do and with our line stacking it today. But uh, regardless of how you look at it, the Bruins are in a pretty good spot tonight. What are your thoughts on the Boston offense? Yeah, you know, I, I like them as a whole. But, you know, as they start to get healthier, you know, they're bringing obviously Bergeron back in the, back in the mix along with Bacchus. It makes them a lot deeper. And, you know, it's hard for me to pinpoint where the scoring is going to come from, especially since we don't know, you know, how they're going to utilize Bergeron. I mean, you would assume if he's going to be healthy to play that he steps right back into his, you know, shutdown type role. But I have a little bit of concern with, you know, how many minutes of ice time he'll see. Um, if you want to play him, I, I wouldn't talk anyone off of it. But I think if there's any line that really kind of sticks out to me, it'd probably be that second line, Krejci and really Pasternak in particular. Uh, you don't have to stack Krejci with DeBrusque, but Pasternak, he can be used as a one-off. He's obviously on the top power play unit. And, uh, you know, he's the guy that I, I think on home ice, they'll look to, to move the offense through. I wonder if Bergeron, I mean, I guess we'll look at these lines right here. You got Bork on that top line with, uh, with Marshawn. It's a little bit frustrating. I was hoping to see Marshawn and Pasnick with Bergeron. Uh, assuming that uh, he's healthy tonight, do you think they go back to that at some point? Or are, they just, are they looking to spread out the scoring here? Uh, what do you mean? Sorry. So the Bruins right now, let me just check on the side of the, the top line is showing Bergeron with Marshawn and, and Anders Bork as opposed to Pasnick here. So I'm just going to see if – that's yeah, nice. it's with Krejci. Um, Krejci's with Pasternak. Yeah, so do you assume, I'm asking basically, I guess, if Bergeron does stay healthy, plays this game, do you think Marshawn and Pasternak continue to be split up? And if the case of, say, Riley Nash jumps in there and Bergeron doesn't play, does that change, you know, Pasternak and Marshawn being split up or put back together again? Oh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting to, to, to you know, ultimately find out. Um, I, I don't really see a you know, them putting Pasternak and Marchand back together, especially if they're starting to practice. These are what they want. They want them split up. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't see them. You know, you could play them together, but uh, it, it would be, you know, I wouldn't be stacking up, really stacking them up together. Another question, I guess, if the Bruins continue to roll the lines as is, Patrice Bergeron comes back in, of course, you play with Marchand, Kretschy with Pasternak. What line are you looking to attack, or do you want a piece of both these Bruins lines in a good spot tonight? Like I said, I wouldn't talk anyone off Bergeron, but it'd be the second line with Krejci, Pasternak. Those are the guys that I'd look to. All right, Tori Krug, obviously it's all playing the point there. On the Vancouver Canucks side, not a lot of offense to be had with these uh, Canucks. You know, there is some value, of course, with uh, Sven Barsky and Brock Besser looking good at times. But I'm not really sure you want to stack them. Bo Horvat is another interesting sniper. Uh, some young talent here, some old veterans, of course, with the Sedins up top. But overall, not an offense you're looking to target many nights. Is it any different tonight, Box? Nope, not really. I mean, Boston on home ice, uh, that crowd's going to be rocking. I think Boston wins, but I don't think uh, really you're going to get burned if you don't have much exposure to this game. All right. And that you got Anders Nelson, who we talked about uh, being one of the worst goals in the league. Of course, he stood in his head to the night. And you got Anton Kodobin, who I feel like is as good as anybody for cast games tonight. Inexpensive price. I think the win's a lock for him. He didn't shut up potential in this one. I'm not so sure about how many shots he's going to see for GPPs, but talk to us a little bit about Kodobin. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's obviously having a strong start to the year. He's only started, you know, only played in two games. Um, long time backup in Boston. Spent some time with my Ducks in Anaheim. That didn't go over so well. Um, you know, he's average at best, but in this spot, like I said, I think you could play him probably more suited for cash games. Um, even though, you know, on DraftKings – this price isn't necessarily a bargain by any means. So, yeah, 
I question his upside in a tournament. I think that if you're confident with Boston, especially if Bergeron plays, you can fire him up in your cash games. But um, I have a little bit of concern in terms of how many shots he'll ultimately see for a tournament. And if he lets in a goal or two and makes his 22 saves, not really paying it off for you in tournament play. So keep an idea on that just for cash games. Up next, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, one of the best rivalries in hockey, maybe one of the most underrated rivalries in hockey as well. And these two teams get together, it doesn't really seem to matter who's the net, how good defensive the other team is playing. We see shootouts here, and I'm expecting more goals again tonight in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, should be a, should be a fun one. Um, you know, these two bad defensive teams, uh, really, with one line scoring. Um, I, I like both top lines in this game. I think this game does have shootout potential. I uh, should play at a, at a fast pace and uh, both teams, top power play units, top lines. I don't think they're going to necessarily go head to head with one another. So the Rangers, they need to you know, start putting some points on the board and uh, to be having to worry about Tavares all night long. Uh, that I don't think is a good recipe to put some points on the board. So I think they'll find an, like a second line to go up against Tavares. So I really like both teams' top lines here, but I'm leaning on towards the Rangers side of things. That's exactly where I am today. I really like that Rangers' top line is advantage. Ed Nash and Zuccarello. I also think Tavares and company got some upside tonight. I really like both defensemen here as well. You know, the Rangers have been terrible in their own zone. The Islanders are, you know, a fairly undisciplined team. They were at least they were last year and, and not a very good defensive team either. So, you know, and Yaroslav Alax on the down years of his career. And you could argue that Henrik Lundqvist is also there. So Letty and Shattenkirk on, on the points here makes sense. Uh, Letty especially is a mid-tier to value price across the industry here. And Shattenkirk's price is pretty reasonable considering he's one of the top defensemen in the league. So that's the route we'd want to go if you're stacking those top two lines up. That probably means we're not interested in the goalies. I talked about a shooter here. We talked about Halak and Lundqvist both being on the downside of their careers here. Although I do think Lundqvist, because he's fairly cheap, but depending on the site you're on, I think there's TPP upside here. If you were to stack the Rangers and use Lundqvist, I'm fine with that. I think he's the one guy that could, you know, have a big game tonight, boss. Yeah. Um, again, it's really – I generally never target goalies against the Rangers, especially in Madison Square Garden. Um, but I could certainly see the Islanders coming in and out shooting the Rangers. So if Lundqvist is sharp, he could have a, you know, you know, GPP winning upside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Uh, you know, I mean, you have your, probably your top three casket goalies and I, I'm looking along the lines of Anson Kodobin, Ben Bishop and Craig Anderson. And I think it's really Bobrovsky and then Lundqvist that stand up to me in GPP. So Lundqvist one of my top two GPP tenors of the night. As we move on to the Nashville Predators and the Philadelphia Flyers, and this is another one that's uh, it's kind of like the Tampa Bay-Columbus game to me, only a little more, you know, I think there's a little more upside for scoring here, but but both teams to me, you know, can end up playing a 2-1 game or a 4-3 game here. Philadelphia's been a better team. Norberth has been good in net. Pecker Rennie's getting the call for Nashville. We never know what we're really going to get from him. But both these offenses, especially the top two lines, can light it up tonight. Are you looking 2-1 or are you expecting more goals tonight in this one? You know, I'm kind of hoping for 2-1, but I think we were feeling that way the last time these two teams met. And um, I believe that was the last time that I actually gave some praise to the hockey coach, Dave Haxall, um, before he absolutely blew that game away, uh, challenging, you know, an offsides, then getting the penalty. And then, you know, Nashville comes back in a wild fashion and, you know, ties the game and ends up winning it. Um I see this game playing a little bit tighter. I can see Philly bouncing back and trying to get, you know, get back. And, you know, I'm sure they, they had a little salt in their wounds after that game in Nashville. Not necessarily a rivalry, Eastern Conference team, Western Conference team. 
But, um, you know, Philly, both teams banged up. Uh, looks like Simmons is a little bit banged up. I think he'll play. But uh, for the most part, it's two really unlike the game in the Rangers is you got two one two one line teams, but I expect them to go in head to head against one another. So I uh, expect them to kind of mitigate one another. I just don't have really enough confidence uh, in, in the depth scoring for either of these teams. Like I said, I, I don't have a problem with Simmons, but he's a little bit banged up. So I question, you know, how effective he'll be around the net. And, um, you know, both defensemen, they're, they're a little bit too pricey for me tonight. So it's just a game that I'm really kind of looking to avoid right now in favor of some better spots. And I, I think we can avoid it in cash and probably GPPs and Bernie, as you mentioned, both these teams are really only one-line teams right now. Uh, we talked a little bit strong Gatourier on Tuesday. You weren't a fan of him on that top line, went out and produced again. He, he still remains one of the best value players across the site because he t- continues to escape with two elite players. And, and I was in agreement. I think he's probably better off playing a checking role and, and adding some secondary scoring here, but, as long as it keeps working, the Flyers keep winning. I imagine they're going to stick with it. Of course, Shane Gostaspare is the guy on the point if you want to roll it, a defensive with your stack. And the question comes in Nashville. Obviously, that top line, a possession monster, Arvidsson, Johansson, Forsberg, they can all snipe. Um, they dominate when they're on the ice here. But on the point, you've got Roman Yosey come back with a bang, a couple of big points there on uh, on Tuesday night. Him and Subban will show that top power play spot likely. If you're going to stack that Pedro's top line, I usually roll with the side of Yosey. I had a little bit of Yosey last Tuesday night, and it was very, very unpopular, which worked out well. But Subban or Yosey for you? It's generally always Yosey. I, I think he's he, – he, you know, there's a case to be made that he's better overall than Subban, but he's certainly better offensively. And it was, uh, you know, encouraging to see him step right back into a role, play a ton of minutes, and, you know, contribute. Um, that's when Nashville's right is when they get their defensemen going offensively. So, yeah, I have a little bit of interest. It's just, you know, you're not getting any savings from Yossi. And, you know, if Philly can can somehow control this game and stay out of the penalty box more in particular, then I think it's a, you know, steep, steep price to pay for, you know, a guy that really you're going to need him to get on the power play and contribute that way to really pay off that, that steep price tag. Yeah, you certainly don't need to play up from Subban or Yosey tonight, but if you are going to stack that uh, national top line, I always find interest to see which way you go. I think Subban would be the popular one, one of the more popular one of the two as well. I'll keep that in mind if you're looking to stack them. The goaltenders, Pekka Rennie, uh, Michael Norworth. I mean, they're both fine. I just don't like the matchup. I don't know who wins this game. I don't see a whole lot of upside. For me, I'm fading them both. How are you seeing it? Yeah, I think you can maybe make a case for Neuberth, but Pecorino is pretty much off the board. You know, again, anytime it's against an Eastern Conference team, uh, I'm not going to be thrilled to roster Pecorino. You know, the price tag's nice. Again, we hope being low scoring could go either way, but if anything, it would be Neuberth, but I'm not paying for that that price, especially on DraftKings. All right, up, up next, we've got the New Jersey Devils and the Ottawa Senators. And I think most people are going to look at this game and go, okay, Devils and Senators probably be for a little score, not a whole lot of action here. But if you dig into the advanced metrics, you see that the Devils are off to a good start and they've been good offensively. However, defensively, they've been a train wreck. They're allowing a ton of scoring chances against, expected goals for per 60 is amongst the league leaders here. And I really like the Senators at home. I know they got three lines that can score. We know that's frustrating. Of course, Eric Carlson didn't do a whole lot in his first game back, but this is a big spot for him, I think jump up and produce and I love everything about the Ottawa Senators tonight all three lines can score they're all cheap they get power play time what are your thoughts on the Senators here yeah you gotta love the Sens uh this is definitely you hit the nail on the head you know it's if you're just a casual hockey fan you think yeah New Jersey they're a defense team same with Ottawa 
But this guy, this game has quite a bit of goal potential. And with Ottawa, especially coming off getting shut out by Vancouver, uh, they're going to be hungry to, you know, put the puck in the back of the net. Um, you know, New Jersey, like you mentioned, they have the highest expected goals against for the first six games. Um, they've got a pretty bad penalty kill, and they've been taking too many penalties. In addition, they don't really have a one line, a shutdown line. So uh, I think that, you know, Ottawa, they'll, they'll open it up tonight instead of just trying to escape with a, you know, one goal victory. Uh, they need to get some of these guys going. And I think really for me, it, it starts with say what you will, but it's listed as their top line. Um, not a line I like to gravitate towards, but Turris, Dzingel, Zach Smith, these guys aren't playing against the top competition as they were from the better part of last season. It's been that bizarre uh, Broussard combination that's going against the top lines for the opposition. You know, New Jersey doesn't have one line that's loaded up, but um, they're using this tourist line in a more offensive-minded mindset, you know, in offensive zone face-offs. In addition, they're all on the power play. And as a, you know, three guys, they're significantly cheaper than the Broussard line. Yeah, you could really roster any of the three lines tonight. Uh, I think that the tourist line is my favorite line as well, followed by the Rosario line. You could even go with the Hoffman line as well, or even just do what we like to do a lot is Hoffman and Carlson as a mini a mini stack there. But, uh, yeah, all three centers lines are cheap. They're all playable tonight. You can stack them up with your Colorado, Colorados, your Nashville's, your Dallas Blackhawks. Some of these other expensive lines, you can kind of filter them through the centers here if you're looking to double stack tonight. Uh, can I just make a point real quick on how I would approach or how I'm going to approach the Senators? I think, like you mentioned, all three lines are in play. Um, I think if you want three guys, you stack that stack up that top power play, Terrence, Dezingle, Smith with Carlson. I think if you just want, you know, Hoffman, you can take him by himself with with Carlson. Or if you can't afford Carlson, then I think you, you look to that Broussard line and you could pair him with enough um, or, you know, take a, take a different defenseman from a different stack. That's how I would approach Ottawa tonight. Yeah, that's absolutely the right way to go about it. You're correlating both points of even strength and on the power play here. Uh, on the flip side of this game, you talked a little bit about the Devils' top line. It's been pretty productive. Nico Heeshear is on that top line with Holland Stafford, although they don't all play on the top power play together. They split up a little bit, which is a little bit frustrating here. But uh, Ottawa hasn't been the best defensively. I assume that gets better now that Carlson's back. They're on home ice. I'm not really looking to the Devils tonight, but this is another cheap or inexpensive line stack that you could roll out tonight. It is, but again, it's just, uh, I think Ottawa really just kind of blows out New Jersey. You know, I know New Jersey's been scoring, but, you know, when you look at this team, it, does it not remind you of like a Buffalo Sabres, except <laughs> that they actually have to have a better goalie, but they don't have a guy like Ristolainen. So like, you, you know, this is the way they've been playing. They just remind me of the Sabres and, you know, on the road, for the last two or three years, the, the Sabres have just been getting abused. So I think in the right matchups at home, New Jersey's going to be definitely in play. But going on the road in Ottawa, I don't really have a lot of interest in the Devils. Good comparison, actually, looking over at the team. Definitely uh, definitely a comparison there to be had. Corey Snyder versus uh, Craig Anderson are the goalies here. I think Craig Anderson is a guy you can play in all formats tonight. I think he sees enough rubber to be GPP worthy. I think there's shit up potential there. Um, on the flip side, though, I don't really see much love for Corey Schneider. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's going to be tough to take goalies against Ottawa. I mean, sure, they don't score a lot, but, you know, if 
they continue this trend. I, again, I don't necessarily expect that to be this way tonight, but usually when they're on home ice, they'll get an early lead and clamp down, which makes Anderson, you know, a solid, you know, opportunistic uh, goalie to target. So yeah, I'm not really rolling with Schneider. I know he's been great this year, but uh, Anderson's the one I more upside, in my opinion. I'm in total agreement there. I think Addison's probably my number two or three options. That might be number three. I think I've got both Bishop and Anton Kodobin ahead of Anderson, but I think Anderson probably a better GBP play than maybe both of those guys as well. So definitely a top three option, regardless of format you're rolling with tonight. He's pretty uh, moderately priced across the industry as well. So Anderson's certainly a top option and goal. Next up, the Edmonton Oilers, the Chicago Blackhawks. And this is another game that I see some sneaky potential in. You likely have Taze looking to shut down McDavid in that top line, but McDavid, Pretty much matchup, Bruce. I, I kind of like him versus a Chicago Blackhawks team that is actually pretty weak defensively. On the flip side, though, Patrick Kane versus that second or third line for the Orders. I mean, geez, he's going to be licking his chops in this matchup tonight. I think we see goals here. Really like the Kane line. What are your thoughts here? Oh, yeah. Completely agree with you. Um, I think that, look, you know, McDavid is improving his overall game, but it's not a guy that you need to be afraid of. So I think you can make a case for all three lines on Chicago, whereas Edmonton, I think you can make a case for that top line, McDavid, um, more so for, for a tournament, although I've never talked anyone off paying off McDavid. He is matchup proof and Taze, he's a great two way forward, but um, not necessarily a shutdown. That's just not the style Chicago plays. So um, I can see McDavid easily coming through. And on the flip side, however, I'm all over Caner tonight. It's uh, the first time of the year. I'm really, really excited about playing him. Uh, you know, I just think he's got multiple potential all over the place on the power play. Edmonton's got the dead last in penalty kill. Uh, you know, he's going to be going up against one of the weaker lines for from Edmonton, like you mentioned. Uh, there's no reason not to like Kaner. You could pair him with your with his line mates, or you can take him by himself. Uh, there's just a lot of different ways you can go about it. But I'm going to have a lot of exposure to Kaner tonight. Yeah, Kane, I think it is two linemen. It's making it easy to stack. Schmaltz and Hartman both in that second power play. Unfortunately, not the top power play in it, but you could always do as Boggs alluded to. Kane by himself or with Duncan Keith, kind of along the lines of the, the Hoffman Carlson stack. Lots of the Blackhawks' top line tonight. I mean, running up against McDavid is never a good idea. Um, they're going to go head to head. You mentioned Taze, so I'm not necessarily known as the shutdown line here, but if you're going to be on one of these two lines, which one is it? From Chicago? Going Taze versus McDavid, sorry. Uh,. Look, I don't have a problem. I, I would still not be afraid to roster Taves. I mean, you would expect him to really focus on trying to shut down McDavid, um, something I think could happen. But uh, yeah, I would probably lean towards you know McDavid. I'd be on the McDavid side of that as well. Like I said, we both said he's matchup proof out here, playing with Patrick Maroon and Kayla Yamamoto. So it looks like Leon Draisaitl will miss this game tonight, although he is on the trip with them. He is flying with them, so at some point he's going to jump back into action. Not going to happen tonight in Chicago, though. And Yamamoto played, what, 22 minutes and change last game, top power play in it, uh, skating along McDavid, alongside McDavid on both even strength under the power play. I think he's one of the best uh, point for players on the slate tonight, and he kind of makes it easier to, to stack the McDavid line. Your thoughts on Yamamoto? Sure. Yeah. It's the same way I feel, felt about it on uh, when was it Tuesday, you know, you, you brought him up and he's, you know, young talent getting an opportunity and it's not hard to play with McDavid, man. It's pretty easy. Uh, Oscar Kleffbaum, an underrated defenseman there. If you're looking to stack up that top line, that's the route you want to go as the power play quarterback for the orders in goal, likely going to be Ken Talbot, although not confirmed. And Anton Forsberg gets the call tonight for the Blackhawks. So they're playing the second game as many nights with Corey Crawford starting last night in St. Louis thoughts on the goaltenders here. Nah, I wouldn't mess around with him. 
you know, uh, I think maybe if it's on site like Fanduel, is Forsberg still super cheap? Yeah, you could play him over there in a tournament. Um, wouldn't go out of my way to to put him in in a cash game. I still think Edmonton finds a way, whether it be on the power play or whatnot, to to put a couple in. Because yeah, Forsberg's it's not good, and he's always I think he's always been a little overrated, but. He'll do fine in Chicago. It's just uh, I think he lacks the upside on a site like uh, DraftKings in a game that I think will you know probably feature plenty of goals. Uh, it kind of answers the question here up next, but I'll throw it at you anyway. The top goalie for GBP, if you're going that route in this game, I guess you'd lean towards Talbot then? Yeah, yeah but I wouldn't feel, feel comfortable about it. Kind of a scary thought, really. I guess the answer to that question really is that we don't think you should roster our other goal in this game. We should we should see some games. There's some goals here. We love the Kane line. It's probably good for multi-goal game tonight, I think. Uh, therefore, if both goalies are giving up probably three. There's really no point in rostering either of these goalies in either format tonight. As we move on, St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche. The Blues are one of two teams playing on consecutive nights tonight as they roll into Colorado to face an Avalanche team, of course, in the Pepsi Center. That is uh, overachieved this year, I'd like to say. I mean, this is not a good hockey team. They've got a winning record. Uh, Simeon Varlamov has been the uh, the story, as usual, in the Colorado Avalanche are winning. But they've played better defensively, too, and that's a lot to do with the coaching, I think. Uh, Bernier, however, gets to start in that tonight. Um, normally, I tell you that I love the Blues tonight. they got two lines right now that can score. I'm not saying I don't love the Blues tonight. Bugs, it's just on a nine-game slate. They're on the back-to-back. They're on the road. We do get Bernier net, which is an improvement over Varlamov if you're looking to target the Blues offense here. But – I don't know St. Louis the team you have to attack time. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, it'll be interesting because, you know, it just kind of gets a feeling that a lot of people feel the same way, at least reading from yeah, expert survey and, you know, various other things that, you know, we're doing here at Rotor Grinders. Um, for me, it's more based on the price. You know, I certainly think Tarasenko can, you know, score a goal, but at that price tag, you know, you're really going to need him to get two in, in a tournament. Uh, you're going to want him to be involved in three three points. So it's not out of the question by any means, especially with, you know, good old Bernier net. But um, I can get on board that this game probably isn't as fantasy relevant as, say, it would be last year. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. And, and the Blues still a good defensive team. Carter Hutton certainly capable backup and goal. So I don't really like the Avalanche either because their offense just struggles to score. I know they've had some decent games here. I know Melissa's going to play the Avalanche tonight and love them. But I think the Avalanche offensively are a team that I'm probably fading in all formats. Will you have any exposure to the Avs here at all? Not really. Um, it's still a team that I can't really get a good feeling on. They're starting to mix up their lines. Um maybe in an effort to potentially showcase Duchesne a little bit more, but um, I just can't figure them out what their game plan is. Um, oftentimes they'll get a, you know, troll goal from the third or fourth line. Uh, you know, they're playing ding dong Soderberg and Colin Wilson, you know, more than they are their star players. So it's just, it's in my opinion, going to go back into a mess uh, here pretty soon. It's just not, I'm not buying the hype. All right, talking a little about the Blues offense here. And one question here in the chat asked about what Blues line do you attack tonight? I think that you always follow the best player, and that's Tarasenko. Uh, Alex Steen being, being uh, included on that line, too, will eventually help boost him. Didn't do a whole lot last game, his first game back, but I like that top line. I guess you could certainly recommend Shannon Schwartz if you're looking for a little under the radar and expect the Blues to dominate tonight. But uh, if you're choosing between the Blues top line and the second line, where are you going, Bucks? Uh I think both are in play, you know. Um, again, 
we might not see Steen play on a back-to-back. We might, he, he probably should play if he's healthy, but um, really it's the top power play with Stastny, Tarasenko, and then on the second line with Shannon Schwartz. Again, I'm not a big fan of the price tags, especially on DraftKings, but um, getting some exposure to that power play, that's the way I can see St. Louis and those guys, you know, really paying off their steep price tags. If Colorado keeps taking dumb penalties and has continues to struggle killing them off. So that's my take on that. Take it for you, Will. <laughs> All right. The goaltenders will talk a little bit about them. Usually when Semyon Barlamov said that he's one of the top three goalies that you could say, hey, if you're looking for that big-time performance where he needs to steal a game and get a win, you know, 38 saves, so to speak, that's Semyon Barlamov. But Jonathan Bernier, Nat, non-elite goaltender, I'm not sure that's the route to take tonight. On the flip side, though, Carter Hutton, who's cheap, again, a capable backup, he could be GPP worthy tonight. What are your thoughts on the goaltenders and GPPs here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really interested because even though St. Louis is on the tail end of a back-to-back, Carter Hutton's not a good goalie either. Uh, so for that reason, and look, it's, it's not like I think St. Louis is going to come in and absolutely stop Colorado. I just have a hard time figuring out where the scoring is going to come from based on the usage. So uh, I'm not really going to have a lot of interest in either of these goalies. All right, we're a little bit ahead of schedule today. We do have a 50-minute hour with the NFL and, of course, the Dean Schabelson NFL show coming up after us here. Our Dean, 7-8-9-0-4 if you want to go technical. So we should be looking at some of these last two games, get to NHL gimmicks, and answer some questions for you as well. So if you want to stay around and ask some questions, hopefully we can get them answered for you. Second last game of the night here, Boggs, Carolina Hurricanes, Calgary Flames. And on a night like tonight, you know, I mentioned there's a lot of expensive lines that we want to stack. You know, you've got your Chicago's, your Dallas, your Nashville's, wherever you're looking to go here. And I feel like the Carolina Hurricanes offers us three lines that can score, just like the OS Senators. It's off to pinpoint where the scoring is going to come from, but they might be another team where you can go to to kind of have your shorter, inexpensive mini stacks with your more expensive stacks here. And uh, at the same time, though, I'm not in love with the game for goals. I'm just trying to find ways that we could add scoring here. And the Flames on home ice, I don't even mind the uh, Monaghan control line tonight. And it looks like Yermer Yager, the 74-year-old Yermer Yager will play on that top line tonight with those two guys. It's a tough game for me because I feel like I want to get a piece of the Flames' top line. I don't even mind stacking some of these more expensive lines with some of these Hurricanes lines, but I'm not sure I see a whole lot of goals in this one box. Yeah, you know, um, I'm still a little upset that they shuffled up those lines before that last game. Yeah. I still had plenty of exposure to Jordan Stahl in that top line. And it worked out uh, well. It, it did. But, you know, tonight they're, they're going to have to deal with Backland and for a leak and to Kachuk, which I think is an underrated, uh, you know, kind of two-way line. Yeah. Uh, so I think those lines will mitigate one another. Um, and then it's really this the depth scoring for Carolina. But can we trust these guys? Um, I'm leaning towards Skinner more as just a one-off, uh, especially since I believe they've come out with new lines for this game. Um, and really Skinner's that only guy. You know, he's with Derek Ryan, Brock McGinn. Those guys don't do it for me. The second line is intriguing with Rask, Aho, and Lindholm, but um, I think Skinner more as a one-off is where I'd lean from, from Carolina. As far as Calgary's concerned, um, I think this is a tough spot for them. You know, Gaudreau, Monaghan, uh, and, you know, it's nice to see them paired with Yager. I think they'll eventually, you know, gel and have some success, but, you know, Gaudreau in particular does most of his damage on the power play. And I think Carolina as a team has a considerable advantage in special teams in this game. I know that they gave a couple, you know, uh, 
power play goals against Edmonton. That was, you know, questionable officiating. This yeah. is a very disciplined team. And in my opinion, they have the best league's best penalty kill. So I just, I'm having a hard time paying up for Gaudreau and Monaghan. I think they're a little overpriced based on this matchup um, because they get the majority of their production on the power play. Yeah, we saw a couple of those penalties in Edmonton that night you're referring to called late in the game when Carolina had a pretty big lead, so definitely questionable as to whether they should have been on the power play to begin with. I agree with you there with uh, Carolina's discipline play and good penalty kill. It, it's tough to see a whole lot of upside here. So, And that's on both sides. Skinner, of course, as the one-off you mentioned. I certainly like him. You want to pair him actually with Noah Hannafin if you're looking for a cheap defense to go with him. He's on that second power play unit with him. If you want to go Sebastian Aho, I don't even mind him as a one-off as well. And, of course, you can put him with Justin Falk. Uh, to a lesser degree, it's the same idea as what we're doing with Hoffman and Carlson. Just not the same upside on the road here. Uh, Mike Smith in net for the Calgary Flames. He's been much better. Defensive defense in general have been much better. Scott Darling probably gets the call with Carolina. He's not been good. Uh, thoughts on the goaltenders here? Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting because Calgary has surprised me a little bit in their ability to get the puck on net early this season. So I have a little bit of interest in Darling, but, I mean, as far as Mike Smith goes, hey – are they playing? Is he playing Vancouver? Is he playing Anaheim? If he's not, then he's just like Pecorino in a bad spot. Both goal. Anytime these guys are playing against Eastern Conference teams, I just t- turn the page and look in a different direction. Smith has been good and, uh, you know, expensive across the industry. I think he makes for an interesting play tonight. Should see plenty of shots from Carolina. They lack some finishing at times, but again, certainly he's a tough goaltender to trust. And I can't get on Scott Nolan right now. Boggs and I talked about earlier in the year. Is this guy going to step in and be a number one? Is he just going to be a backup goaltender? We weren't convinced he's ready for this spot yet. He hasn't looked good so far. So Darling's a guy, I think, Boggs, we can easily fade tonight. Correct. All right, we'll move on to our last game tonight. Dallas Stars, Arizona Coyotes. And the Dallas Stars, I mean, this team has actually been dominant. Again, they haven't been putting up a ton of goals, but they've been unfortunate in the uh, in the luck department here, and especially Tyler Sagan, who's leading the league in shots on goal. Uh, I think this is, you know, an 8.1 shooting percentage for Sagan so far, despite having, I believe, 37 shots on that in six games. I keep waiting for the Stars to blow up and score five or six goals, but perhaps that's not the way the team's built this year. Maybe they're happy winning 3-1 and 4-1 uh, with Ken Hitchcock behind the bench here. On the flip side of this game, the Arizona Coyotes were a defensive disaster last season. And, you know, we fast forward to this year, and they're basically doing the same things. Undisciplined, bad penalty kill, terrible defensively. And with anti-Rantha still on the shelf, you're getting a backup, inexperienced goaltender. And tonight it looks like it's going to be uh, Aiden Hill, I believe, gets to start again tonight. I know he looked good last time out, but this guy was not good in the minors. I don't expect him to be good here in the NHL on the show here. It's got to be all Dallas Stars again tonight, even though they're on the road and they're expensive. You just have to have exposure to this team tonight. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll say this, that, you know, you can look to the secondary lines for, for Dallas in, in this one because Arizona, they won't be able to shut down that top lines. But if you're, you know, still want some exposure, you maybe think that maybe the Sagan-Ben line just gets their, you know, token one goal. Uh, that's not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. Um, still think that they're worth the steep price tags. I'm still going to have a ton of exposure. But, I mean, maybe dipping down to a guy like Martin Hansel and his line mates who are all dirt cheap. It'll allow you to stack up, you know, some of these other better top lines. Um, and, really, they're all going to be in play for me. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm going to get some exposure to, to the secondary scoring lines. And, you know, I mean, hell, I won a GPP last night targeting the Kings, Kings third line. It's only a three-game slate, but they were less than 1% out. 
So I think that there's an interesting opportunity there uh, for some of these other guys to kind of step up and get going as well as that top line. Don't get me wrong. I'm not fading Sagan, Ben, Radulov. Um, and I'm going to have as much of them as I can get. But uh, if I can't, I still think you can turn to it towards these secondary lines to get some exposure to Dallas in a good spot. Yeah, and lines two and three also get exposure to the top and second power play in it too. So you're going to get power play correlation as well as even strength to open up opportunities for Dallas to score there. John Klingberg's the guy you want on the top power play. And of course, Issa Lindell, one of the better bargains across the industry of block shots, takes the shots, sees a lot of minutes, and gets second power play duties as the quarterback there. Uh, the flip side of this game, that top line for the Arizona Coyotes has been quite interesting at times, but it looks like they're splitting things up a little bit. They've moved Clayton Keller off that top line for Tobias Ryder at this point. Uh, I don't think I'm really interested in them tonight. We mentioned that a few additions to Dallas, including Ben Bishop and Nett, Mark McLeod on defense, and, and Ken Hitchcock in the biggest difference, defensive coach behind the bench. He's got them playing better hockey. I don't see a whole lot of upside for Arizona in general in this game, and especially with them changing the lines up here a little bit. I'm not sure I'm going to have exposure to the Coyotes here. Nope. I've told you I'm done with them. That was easy enough. In goal, obviously we're not going with Aiden Hill. I expect him to get lit up tonight, at least eating three or four goals from Dallas here. Ben Bishop, though, I think he's one of the top goaltenders of the night. You could arguably call him the top Kaskin goalie. I know he's not cheap, but he's certainly in the conversation for cash regardless. And for GPPs, I get the feeling he sees 25 shots and he's still relevant. What are your thoughts here, Box? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really interested in terms of tournaments. Um, again, I'm looking towards guys that I, you know, can really bank on getting um, the, that, those shots their way. Um, I, I'm just so down on Arizona. Uh, I think it's, this is just a really, really bad hockey team. Um, so I could see, you know, it, we always never like targeting Blues goalies because they would never get a shutout under Ken Hitchcock. And they, they, the upside was limited because they weren't seeing a ton of shots. I think that's what Ben Bishop's going to turn into. Now, he is my top goalie to pay up for. I think he's the safest. So for your cash games, absolutely. But I, I'm not going to go out of my way to play him in this matchup in a tournament. All right, question in the chat here. And go ahead and throw some questions out there, guys. We do have a few minutes before we have to move on here. We're going to get our NHL gimmicks, and then I'll come back to some of your questions here. But ask him about Devin Shore. I know Balch alluded to some secondary scoring here. On the stars, Devin Shore was pretty good in the AHL. The kid can shoot uh, a little bit of a sniper down there, get a good chance in the top power play unit for these stars. What are your thoughts on Devin Shore as a one-off or as a cast game punt play? Uh, I think it's a, maybe a little bit risky. I mean, I know he's on the top unit for cash games, but, yeah, I don't have a problem with him um, on the line with Hansel. But, uh, yeah, I don't think necessarily as a one-off is really going to do it. I know there's an opportunity to score a goal on the power play, but uh, I'd probably pair him with Hansel. It's just my take. All right, that's going to wrap up our game-by-game game breakdown. Of course, we're going to hit our NHL gimmicks up now, and, and like I said, and throw some questions in the chat there because we're going to have some time to answer them. If I don't get to your question, feel free to jump into the premium chat at 3 p.m. Eastern time where I'll be heading over there to answer all your NHL questions. We're going to kick off our NHL gimmicks with my big money, no win, play of the night. And that is the player I like the most, the guy that I think is least likely to disappoint tonight. And I'm going back to the desert where I'm featuring Tyler Sagan once again. Again, Sagan averaging the most shots per game. He's had some bad luck with an 8.1 shooting percentage. I think he's going to go off again tonight. He's going to have multiple scoring chances here against a really bad Arizona team. And I think he's good for a multi-goal game tonight. So Sagan's the guy that I absolutely love. Cash games, GPPs, 
you're going to want to get exposure to him tonight. Now, time for my bold fade of the night, and I'm going back to the Pepsi Center here, where I think you can safely fade the St. Louis Blues, especially in your cash games. The Blues got two lines that can score right now, and as good as Tarasenko is, he's a guy that I think is not in a great spot tonight on the road. They're playing it back-to-back against the Colorado Allies team that's been much better this season. They seem to be playing smarter, better defensive hockey, and I just don't think either of those lines are going to burn you tonight. Although in a GVP, I wouldn't tell you to not have exposure to them, and I may. I just feel like that's a team, or at least a couple lines, that you could fade tonight, even though they're in a perceived good spot against Colorado, who is one of the worst teams in the NHL. All right, now it is time for our fearsome threesome, Boggs. This is where Boggs and I both give you three guys we think will score or have big games in each price tier. Boggs, the floor is yours. Sure. Uh, give me a Kaner up at the top end of things. Patrick Kane uh, in the mid-range. Uh, Zuccarello, Nash, Zibanejad. Uh, I like that line. They're all pretty moderately priced. I think Zuccarello, Nash are the same price on DraftKings. Take your pick with those guys. And for value, kind of some pickings at value, but I mentioned I like Ottawa and I like that top line. And Zach Smith is, I think he's the cheapest. So I'll go with him with my value play. All right. My high level player, Tyler Sagan, obviously in the mid tier, Mike Hoffman. I absolutely love the Senators tonight. Love all three lines. Hoffman's not a guy you need to roster with his line mates, even as a one-off in any format tonight. Really like Mike Hoffman to snipe a goal. And the value tier, Kayla Yamamoto. The kid's talented. He's playing with Connor McDavid, even strength and the top power play. And even though I'm not in love with, McDavid and his linemates tonight on top line versus Taze and Saad. Yamamoto's too cheap, and he's got potential of a big night there, so he's a great value for any format you play tonight. All right, hitting up some questions real quick here. Top three GPP goalies for you, Boggs. Mm, I don't know if there's three, uh, but my top one is Bobrovsky. Um, that's really the only guy that I, that I really love uh, in terms of a tournament. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, no, it's, it's really just Bobrovsky's the only guy that I'm com- comfortably rolling with. Maybe Anderson, if you think he'll be a little bit low ownership, might be even safer, but uh, those are really the only two that I, I'm looking to target uh, that I really want. It's kind of a night where there's not a lot of goalies we expect to win and see a lot of shots. So it's more or less where the goal is achieved. Anderson, Kadobin, uh, Bishop, these guys should win if they're cheap in their place. I think to make for a good GPP option as well. Uh, because of that fact here. Uh, Dallas 1 or Chicago 2 tonight, Boggs? I mean, that's a, that's a tough call. I would say you definitely want exposure to both, but do you have a preference there? Yeah, you know, uh, as a line, it's going to be Dallas 1. Um, but if you're maybe just looking for, you know, one player in particular, I think Kane has a big night. So uh, it's really – but for the purposes of that question, it's it's Dallas 1. All right. Uh, go ahead season most shots. That would be Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, somebody's shocked that you like Patrick Kane. However, I must defend you here. You haven't talked about Patrick Kane all season long. This is the first time you've really been on your boy Kaner. So uh, perhaps they should be listening. because have been Bob saving it up. What's that? I've been saving it up. That's right. That's right. Well, I guess I've been wrong too often this year. The Jordan Stahl line, the Kings third line. It's kind of been all over things. Uh, your top under own line of the night uh, that could go off for GPs. Well, like I mentioned, I think at Ottawa, that top line, I think a lot of people will gravitate towards – Broussard, Stone, and Ryan, or they'll really like to just play Hoffman. Uh, so I just think that line doesn't do it for people, but I think it's a good spot here for everyone on Ottawa, and I think that they could come at a lower than expected ownership. 
All right, another question. It's kind of along those same lines, but this is an interesting take. Dallas 1, Chicago 2, or Ottawa? So I guess, in other words, are you looking to get exposure to Ottawa ahead of either of those two lines, or are those two lines firmly ahead of Ottawa? And what were the other ones? Dallas 1 and Chicago 2 again. Well, I, I'm, I'm confused. I don't think they're talking about Ottawa in a, a specific line. They're talking Dallas 1, Chicago 2, or the Ottawa offense. So perhaps they're playing two or three yeah. PPPs. Would you get exposure to Ottawa with those three entries, or would you stick with your Dallas 1 and Chicago 2? No, it's Dallas 1, Chicago 2. You know, if Ottawa have one particular line, then, you know, I'd like them in this spot. But there's, a, there's still a lot of risk with these guys. So it's it's Dallas 1, Chicago 2, then any which one of your favorite Ottawa lines. But you can get Ottawa with both of those lines. That's basically the point I'm trying to make. Right. All right. Here's a good question. Boggs is bold fade of the night. Hmm. I think it was Johnny Gaudreau. I don't know how bold that is because I think he's a little bit overrated, but um, he's, he's a guy that I'm not, I'm not really looking to tonight. All right. Under-owned player that's going to have a multi-goal game. <sighs> uh, Pasternak. Pasternak. I'm going to go with Jeff Skinner. I think he's capable of a good one tonight. That's there. a good one too. Uh, Boggs, a bog special side example. The Kings third line last night. I, I mentioned the Jordan Stowe line a couple nights ago, but Boggs seems to have a, a, an eye for these things. Who is the Boggs special tonight? Well, I mean, you don't necessarily need to go. That was more of a gut feeling last night than anything. You know, Camilleri against his old squad. Again, I think maybe one of the secondary lines for Dallas. I think they'll come in at, you know, minimal ownership. And, you know, Arizona, it, not that they can sell out to stop that top line, but they're going to do everything they can, which creates an opportunity for, you know, Hansel and, uh, you know, Devin Shore to potentially come through. All right. I mean, last question before we get off the air here, guys. Uh, though for a few guys that have missed the early parts of the show here, talking about our cash game plays. So, Boggs, give me your top cash game skater and goalie, and I'll follow the same. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I can't, we can't regurgitate these questions enough. It's, it's Sagan, you know, Ben Radulov, uh, Sagan and Radulov are the two I like the most. And then what was the, the, the top casking goaltender? It, it'd probably be Bishop if you can make it work. If you can't, I don't have a problem dropping down to Q Dobin. Um, but again, I just, I think, that there's an opportunity Boston might not win that game. I'm not going to say that, but I just I think Dallas rolls. You could also throw Craig Anderson there for Caskins. I think he's a fairly safe win tonight, maybe even a better play in GBPs. And also Patrick Kane, uh, Boggs mentioned he likes him a lot. They got a pretty good matchup against one of these second or third uh, weaker order lines tonight. So Kane, if you're not looking at the Dallas Stars top line, it's all about Patrick Kane. You're looking for value. We're looking at the Senators. And again, the top three goalies, probably someone Bishop, Kudobin, and Anderson. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Again, if I didn't get to your question, head over to the chat at 3 o'clock Eastern time here. We'll be talking NHL for an entire hour. I will answer all your questions in there. On behalf of Boggs, I'm Pepsi7, and we gone.